the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning and welcome to Friday, baby. Patriot Radio News Hour. Joe and Jason wrapping up the week. And, of course, uh, next week we've got the big Fed meeting. Uh, we also, next week's going to be Jobs Week, right? So the first week of, uh, of, the, of every month. Uh, the, the same day we're going to get the rate hike from the Fed. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, I was half a point, half a point, half a point. They've got me, Jason, at, at a quarter of a point now. But this morning you said, you know what, it could be half a point. Yeah, I, I, last year I, I only said it a few times, Joe, where I thought I saw a, a future where we would have high or advancing rates and quantitative easing, printing. Uh, which that's something that doesn't that's those two don't go together normally uh, from our past and I, I keep you know now I'm seeing other guys saying what I was saying last year which is I, I think we might see some quantitative easing maybe the rates don't go backwards or they they freeze in place but but the, the quantitative easing so to speak with with high rates or even advancing rates and with all the uh, the soft news we got over the last week Joe you know the numbers that you cover every day it sure sounds like they're trying to give themselves permission for a half point on Wednesday. That's that's what it looks like. Well, we'll see. Uh, earnings uh, again in full swing. Uh, Intel was a was a disaster. Uh, Hasbro, Foot Locker, Goodyear, Colamp, McCormick, Schilling, Gallo Wine, uh, all announcing layoffs today. Uh, but but again, you know, we, we've had obviously a tick up in layoffs. Uh, but that was that jo- the jobless data from yesterday isn't showing it. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I think I, I think right now it's still. Hey, you know what? It's slow, but it's not slow enough. Uh, it's it's going to be. Interesting. I think we're going to get the quarter of a point. I think we're going to get tough talk. Uh, how about that? Uh, I'm going to go quarter of a point with tough talk versus quarter of a point and hey, we're almost done. Uh, I think it. I think the one message that they're trying to convince, well, they, they can try to convince anybody all they want about how, no, we're going to be higher for longer. That only works if the data and, and, the, and the economy doesn't get worse. The second the economy gets worse, uh, I, I think they tuck tail and run. I agree, Joe. I agree. But, but if they start just giving free money out, how, how, what does that do, right? And then, of course, that should lead to more inflation. So I once again, it's, 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 uh, it can be a somewhat complicated when they're trying to uh, maneuver the way they are, Joe, the, the Fed and, and the yep. government. Yep, 800-951-0592. Uh, AllAmericanGold.com is, is the website. You know, we had GDP yesterday. Uh, the headline number was good. The numbers behind it, not so much. Today we had the Federal Reserve's favorite inflation number now here's the funny part why is it their favorite oh just so happens to be the lowest one right i mean go figure yeah well this is the one we like the most why well because it's always the lowest so uh, of course does it track anything real no uh you know it's a 
a formula, a bunch of guys and gals, really smart. Uh, they probably read a lot of textbooks. They do a lot of, uh, of, of reading of data and spreadsheet analysis. And they came up with this thing that they say, hey, by the way, this is our core PCE deflate. They even put deflator right in the, right in the title, right? You know, hey, hey, by the way, you know, we're going to call this, it's really not. But uh, it's our favorite anyway. That came in a little lower in December, uh, so they were happy about that. Again, if there's reason to maybe not go half a point, one of the other things they could point to is, well, you know, the, the, the PCE keeps coming down. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and how much lower is that number than the PCI, Joe? Is that is, I, I didn't get that number. Is it low? Yeah, how much? So like let, a percent me, lower, two percent? You know what? I was unprepared. Hold on. There it is. <laughs> so the PCE so I, for December, I had it here. Hold on. Give me a second. Because uh, that number kind of makes a difference. Four point four. Oh wow, that 4. is so nice. Four point four. Isn't that nice? That is so much lower than the six and a half, right? Right. Isn't that better? Right? Hey, look at Hey, by the way, that six and that's not our favorite number. No, but this one, 4.4. By the way, uh, November was 4.7. Uh, then the other data we got out today, consumer spending, uh, and that was soft. And, and we anticipated that uh, consumer spending down uh, two-tenths of a percent uh, in December. Based off that 4.4, that means they shouldn't rate. Uh, they shouldn't do a rate hike on Wednesday. That they should be done, right? I mean, correct, right? Well, you you would think, okay, 4.4. Uh, you know, you you've got it right now the Fed funds between four and a quarter and four and a half. So maybe one more just to be above it, right? But but to your point, Jason, hey. You know, you know your favorite number here. It's been falling, and if it falls again in in January to say four percent, uh, then all of a sudden, hey, is the Fed's funds rate too high? Correct, correct. And which which I think the reason they're going to raise it is because that four point four number is is ridiculous. They already got the ridiculous number. This is beyond ridiculous. You know, it's obviously inflation's double the number they've got because they switched it in the eighties. So. So you know, six and a half is thirteen at least. You know, we at least have thirteen from the last month's number. So, so yeah, they uh, they they know they have to at least get at least get somewhere in the ballpark of of the the fake reduced number. And then it's, I I don't know, but I guess they parade that number, Joe, just to make everybody feel better. Maybe that's just it's just it's just a warm and fuzzy number, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you know, and again, just uh, I don't know, it accomplishes stuff. But again, this is this is how you do it, right? You get. CNBC, you get Fox, right? You get all the stock guys to regurgitate the number. The Wall Street Journal prints it. The USA Today prints it. Uh, it's going to be uh, a headline on the on the evening news, right? So that, that's how you, you get credibility on a number they totally made up. We'll be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. The Dow is down 65 points. The S&P uh, is down as well. The, Na- the Nasdaq's up a few points. Uh, gold's, uh, well, boy, gold's come back here. So not, gold's down a dollar right now, uh, 1929. Uh, silver's off 45 cents. Uh, this market recap brought to you 
by our friends at Y-Refi. You've been hearing us talk about them for a while. Uh, not involved in Wall Street. That doesn't care about J-Pal. Doesn't care about interest rates. Doesn't care about politics. Doesn't care about earnings season layoffs or, or housing or any of that. Big, big, big uh, annual rates of return up to two or ten point two five percent annually. Check them out. Invest yrefi.com or call them 888-YREFI24. And, uh, Jason, now uh, you can use your IRA uh, to, to do it as well. And some of you, depending on your 401K, you may even be able to do it inside of your 401K. Uh, what, what a great opportunity that is. Check them out. By the way, gold gold's now up. Uh, I, I don't know what's happened, but, but, but gold has moved pretty quickly here. Uh, we'll check it out. Uh, if something comes across the screen, uh, but just to wrap up the consumer, they also said, and this was kind of interesting, that personal income fell two-tenths of a percent. Uh, so, so, Jason, this may be kind of what you were saying. Hey, you may not be laid off, but you're working less. Yeah, I, I really think that was the lesson learned in 2020 and 2021, which was uh, first you had everybody just sheltering in place and everything just freezing up, and then everything came roaring back and everyone had free money to spend to, to try to wake everything up real fast, and then you didn't have enough people to to you know you didn't have enough people employed for all this this coming back, and so they, they, hey, we, we, all those people that left us now we got to get them plus some, and, and they created the situation where they need. Uh, to have a flexible workforce, and I think they, uh, the, the businesses, you know, they're always going to find their way, Joe. It doesn't matter what the numbers, the employment numbers, all these, these economic numbers are always trying to forecast and, and tell. It doesn't really matter what those numbers are if, if simply the businesses are like, look, we're not going to fire anybody, but we'll just take them down to five or ten hours a week. And then when things get busier, we'll, we'll boost them back to 20 hours. And and the employee that's working 10 hours a week, they know that if they work another 10 hours somewhere else or they have three jobs at 10 hours each, they're getting their hours somewhere else. So we can, we, these things can fluctuate, Joe. So I think some of the job losses may be people losing uh, one of their two or three jobs, right? You know, I think when we get the big job loss numbers, I think when it really hits, Joe, is when these companies have to flush out all the temporary guys, the ones that are just lingering around part-time and they just can't afford any of it. So I I think when it happens, Joe, I think when the, when the job losses you're looking for, when it happens, I think we're going to have a couple of weeks or a month straight where you have a huge loss. I mean, remember the jobless claims around uh, coronavirus? They, they reached record highs, and they just stayed there for like a year. Remember that? Right, right. And now, of course, we're, we're at those record lows. Uh, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, so uh, wages were at growing at a 5% clip. Uh, down to 4.4% now in, in December. Uh, another one of those those signs, right, of, of things slowing. And then uh, this one came out, Bloomberg, the rate of severe delinquencies in autos. That's That severe delinquency means you're, you're 90 days past. Okay, so essentially you're at that point where the repo man has probably been called. Right, right. He's out there looking for your car, Jason. It hit the highest rate 
since 2009. You know, go back, think about like the financial crisis uh, in that housing market crisis. The one thing that, you know, obviously the last time around, people were deciding, hey, I'm going to pay my credit card. I'm going to pay my auto loan. I'm not going to pay the mortgage. This time, at least right now, what we're seeing is I'm not paying my credit cards, and now I'm not paying my auto, uh, but people are still paying that mortgage. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Joe, because uh, another thing with the coronavirus shutdowns, things were so upside down and backwards that I think a lot of people were thinking, hey, I don't know what my future holds. I don't know what my company's going to do. I don't know where I'm going to get work somewhere else. Uh, you know, friends and family were having difficulties, and so I think a lot of people got very conservative. It's like, hey, let's pay down debt. Let's 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 keep things very uh, conservative because we don't know where anything's headed. And I think it takes uh, time for people, and and then they're doing it. You know, there's not a lot of money out there, so they're they're using the credit cards now, Joe. But look, it's 2023. You know, they they were hitting those record high credit cards in 2022. It took them two years to start uh, going back to their normal bad behavior. So it's just like I said, kind of a slow crashing situation we got it's coming but it's just joe it just it just seems like a little bit of bad news all the time instead of a lot of bad news all at once it just seems like that's what we're headed for yeah i I agreed and we're just seeing things slowly tick up right we haven't seen uh the the big uh the big jumps up even you know yeah okay delinquencies highest since 09 yes uh but but it's not like uh oh my gosh 10% 10% of all auto loans stopped paying or, or became 90, uh, 90 days delinquent. That number's still in the 2% range. Uh, it, they're, how about this? Numbers trending in the wrong direction. What we're worried about is all of a sudden, do we get that big jump in one of these months? Yeah, you know, take housing, for example, is, is what we're talking about. Uh, I think the numbers are all showing that we're in a much worse place than what we were leading into the housing crash in 2008, 2009, 2010, and so on. However, in this housing crash or this housing downturn that we're going to have, we're not going to have as much of the outright fraudulent criminality that they had in 2007, 8, 9. I mean, I'm sure there's some of it out there. There's no way that that system is built up as, as, as fraudulent as it was in 2008, and the inventories aren't super high, you know, so there's, there's, there's not going to be as much of a crash here, but it's – it's not good, Joe. The, the housing housing is, is not going in the right direction. It's obvious people don't have the money. But it, we don't have, just like with 2000, uh, 2020, you know, coronavirus made things really weird, so there's a reaction. I think the reaction to 2008, uh, Joe, is, is, hey, hey, we got, you know, for, if you're in the housing market, we got away with the last time. I don't think we can do as much this time. So I, I don't think housing will be as bad. It's just, Joe, it's going to be progressively slowly worse, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's kind of – uh, what we're all in for, we're in this grind, uh, this grinding lower for, I guess, you know, maybe you just steal a thing from the Fed. Maybe it's going to be lower for longer, right? Just that, that grinding lower uh, versus that, you know, I, I'm always more like the, I'm the rip the Band-Aid off type of guy, right? Let's just get it over with, right? But this one maybe has a little different feel to it. Well, they, they have that term, Joe. They say soft landing, but I think it's a little dishonest, softly crashing. Maybe that is what they need to, to call this, softly crashing, because I think that's what they think a soft landing is, Joe. You know, it's a, it's softly crashing. It's a soft, bad landing is what it is. 
hey, the plane still crashed and, and it exploded into a million pieces, uh, but, but the, it took a while for it to crash. It didn't go straight down. It skidded off the right. ground and rolled. <laughs> right? It's like, it's like that, that, that uh, uh, Talladega Nights Ricky Bobby, the Will Ferrell, that car crash where it went on and on. And then they went to commercial break and came back, and it was still going. Right? It's one of those. John, I think, you know, the, you know, the one thing the Fed, uh, even though I think they're dishonest and they're crooks, uh, they, they tend to like tell you some things that are going to happen. They, they, they tend to not completely be fraudulent and lying. I just think that they, they use these words that you have to, you know, you have to know some sort of other language to understand. And I think that's what their soft landing has always been. I, they know what was, was coming after coronavirus. And this, this soft landing, I think is, I think they believe they can have a recession. Not a depression, and, and somehow get, be able to paper over this thing when they need to. They, hey, if we can get a five or six points on the interest rates, then we we can start printing again. It'll be good, and these guys will just have to pay four percent inflation every year. It'll work. It'll it'll work, Joe. And until we can actually get to digital currency and negative interest rates, they're just they're just not ready for it yet. Yeah, well, I, and uh, I just got handed a note. We're going to have a huge uh, gold special. Coming up in the next break, uh, it, it's limited, but it's a decent amount, but limited. Uh, but this price is going to be very, very hot. So that, that's coming up here uh, in a few minutes. Uh, gold continuing uh, in, in the higher ter- territory now, uh, 1932. Uh, and, and I'm not really seeing any any big market announcement. Uh, the Dow was down 60 points. It's up one point. Uh, but I think Jason, well, with the with this data that's come out today, I think a lot of people are like, okay, uh, it looks like quarter of a point, and and with that PCE deflator number, uh, you can start making a case that the Fed is going to start talking about, hey, we're gonna if nothing else, we may hear the word pause. I think so. I think that's very likely, Joe, that the pause is coming. I, uh, you're still calling for another rate hike, uh, rate hike in March. I think that's that's also possible. It's really going I think these inflation numbers are coming way, way, way down, so they're going to have to pause. You know, uh, Wall Street might actually form a uh, a, a march on Washington D.C. or something that they don't get the rate hikes to stop. So I, I think if uh, if that six five that we had for the PCI gets down to five eight or something. You know, and they raise it up to about five on 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 their their rates. You know, yeah, the pause is coming either after after this one or after March. But Joe, I really think I think going down is not going to happen for a long time. The rest of the year, we're going to be stuck with these rates, I believe. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We did get uh, some good news on pending home sales today. I got new home sales. We got bad news yesterday. Uh, good news on pending home sales. If the number sticks, right, because there's always revisions, but uh, after six straight months of decline, uh, there was a tick up in pending home sales. Uh, that You signed a contract, but but it's like getting engaged, right? Yeah, are you actually going to go through with it? We'll, we'll see. Uh, but at least, I guess, uh, you know, so, some, some uh, rays of light, in, in this pending home sale number for December. 
It's you know, and that's and, I, and you'll probably end up being right that it'll be a quarter point raise, but this it's, it's something, something like that. And I saw that come across my screen uh, before we started the show. That still makes me think a half a point because you got to get your job, you got to get the, the the loss of jobs, and then the loss of jobs triggers loss of homes or foreclosures. And if the home numbers are even barely you know, at all taking upward, it's just doesn't that just seem like it's not going where they want it to go? It almost seems like they have to do the half point. Yeah, and I you know I I, I wasn't gonna put it out there. Uh, but I'm like, I gotta put it out there. Uh, I don't believe that number. Let, let's just say that I, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I won't be surprised if we get a big revision, uh, taking it all away a month from now. Uh, but it is what it is. And to your point, right? That's actually, and it's kind of weird, right? Hey, that's kind of good news. Well, that good news is bad news now, right? They want bad news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it seems like this rate hike. Uh, should be or looks like it, it with the numbers that they're using. I think you're right. I think these numbers are all bogus. I think all this quasi good news gives them the excuse to go a half point if they want Wednesday. But uh, quarter point makes the markets happy, makes everyone think it's uh, it's all going to be in the right direction. A half a point could cause a lot of stress, and I think that's why they're this this quasi better economic news has been coming out this week. It's not good news. It just looks better than the previous months. So we'll see, Joe. I, I am kind of interested. You know, most of these rate hikes, I don't really care too much. We, we, we prognosticate and talk about it. But this one here is, uh, for some reason, that little quarter point difference seems like such a big, huge deal this time. Yeah, we, you know, uh, Blackstone, uh, remember, they were limiting redemptions out of their REIT. Uh, and they, they were out today and saying, guess what? Still not fixed. Uh, still have people demanding their money back. This was a $68 billion, excuse me, $68 billion fund. Uh, this is tied mostly to multifamily, uh, in, in, uh, those types of, of buildings still facing redemptions. Kind of interesting, right? I mean, no one knows what way we're kind of going. We're back here, 800-951-0592. Joe and Jason, Patriot Radio News Hour on this Friday. Uh, we, we, we got a, a great opportunity. We got a little lucky today. Uh, we've got 52 $20 gold pieces. Some of them are saints. Some of them are libs. But this is just going to be, you, you can ask for one or the other. We'll do the best. We'll do the best we can, uh, but but you're going to get – either way, you're getting $20 gold pieces. It's all about the price today. Right now online, uh, 2185 Forget that number. 2125 right now for the rest of the day here on 20s. Uh, and that's – you know, really – uh, we haven't seen a price like that, right? With, especially with gold over 1900. Uh, right now, gold's up two uh, at 1932, uh, and, and it looks like uh, with that, that Fed meeting coming up on Wednesday, we would normally see gold selling off uh, by now. It hasn't happened yet. And I, I don't know that it will. I, we actually may get uh, a rally because it only was a quarter point. Yeah, Joe, we'll we'll see what happens uh, after Wednesday. I think I think that any direction is 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 coming in for sure. But uh, you know, it just there just doesn't seem to be that emergency yet. We'll uh, we'll we'll be here when it happens. So I, I I guess for the average guy out there, Joe, everything was probably doing okay. I guess right. The average guy is probably just 
walking around thinking, well, everything's getting better, right? Everything's getting better, but well, uh, listen, it's all bubbling if you're, up. If, you're, if you don't need to buy a house and you don't like to eat eggs, right, and, 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 and stuff like that, then you're, you're probably right. Yeah, you know what? I, I, works okay, right? And, and for some people, I know this, some people I talk to, they're actually glad it slowed down. Right. They're actually right. like, man, oh, man I, I needed a break, right? Some people are already getting conditioned into inflation as being a normal thing, too. That's that's the thing I've I've been frustrated about, Joe, is I think people are getting just getting uh, already conditioned for inflation being a normal everyday thing. So I just uh, hey, we got thirty, you know, thirty-one trillion dollars in debt. Yeah, what's another thirty trillion? It doesn't really, you know, it doesn't matter, Joe, as, as long as I I uh, can buy my Starbucks and go to my job and watch my football game or something. It's uh, they just yeah, <laughs> yep. 21.25 on $20 gold, uh, and again, I love uh, the, the how the premiums have come way in, you know, but to be able to buy uh, $20 gold with gold at 1930 and change, I mean, you're talking about, that's less than $200 over, that's, that's just awesome. That's a great price, Joe, I mean, we've... Uh, We've, we've suffered through the, the couple of years of the higher premiums, and we've got these lower premiums that are s- sitting here at this moment, you know, the last few weeks. And uh, to not jump in on gold in this situation because uh, the spot price is up, but the premium is down. Essentially, you're getting gold about the same price uh, in, in, a, in a lot of ways, but this, this is a lot lower. And I think Joe's right. Uh, we're, we're looking at higher premiums coming back, and it's, it can just happen in a snap. You know, the January 6th thing. It just happened. You know, the Ukraine war, there was a little bit of a buildup a couple of weeks, and then it happened, right? Coronavirus, oh, we, we heard of this thing in China, and a month or two later, it happened, right? So it just takes one of those events, Joe, so that when the weakness in the markets that are going to happen, they can blame it on this new emergency. So right now, the, I'll say this, Joe, the, the news cycle isn't quite as scary right now. So I think people, you know, I'm looking at this, you know, one of the normal channels, the U.S. inflation rate slows again to a 15-month low, and and inflation is now on the right track, and all this stuff, and I don't know, you know, six to twelve percent higher year over year, I think, is not the right track, Joe. Yeah, lower than the previous. Well, month you know what? Again, right? That's that's what they can do, and I think you're right. People have kind of just accepted it. Uh, and here's another thing for gold. Uh, China came out with a lot of their gold numbers. Of course, the largest gold uh, consumer. They're also the largest gold producer. Uh, they mine 374 metric tons of gold. They don't export any of that. But I want people to know, now it was up from 2021 uh, because uh, where the mines were in 2021, they got locked down. But this 374 tons, that's way down. You go back to 2018, 2017, China was mining 420, 430 metric tons, uh, and that was kind of the plateau. Uh, Jason, it seems like uh, they're, they're, they're starting to, you know, I don't want to say run out. That's the wrong word. Uh, but the days of China mining uh, 400 metric tons seems to be behind it. And then the other part was demand from China was actually down in, in, in this last year. Again, because of these lockdowns, now that they're open back up, you're going to see a surge in jewelry sales. You're going to see a surge an investment because people are going to be out buying. Uh, this is another one, and I didn't even think about this one. 
uh, but a very bullish, another reason, hey, why are we so bullish on gold in 2023? Jason, here's another reason. China's reopened, and they're the largest consumer, and, and you're talking about, you know, they're expecting uh, demand for gold in China to increase between 10 and 20% in 2023. I actually agree with that number, too. I, I could see, actually, the demand in gold uh, in China uh, go above that. Um, they have a massive, and it's, still, it's an ongoing property problem, uh, people that were buying properties that they don't even live in because that's, that's how the Chinese, they do property different in China. And they have, a, they have a massive property problem there. It's a massive problem. And if, if you're one of those, uh, you know, if you look at the, if you can actually see the pictures of these Chinese uh, people outside the banks and, and their accounts are closed and having so much trouble with their money, why would you buy another property, right, Joe? If you're a Chinese person, you're you're going into the into the gold shops and the silver shops, and you're you're probably stacking something that you can hold that the the government can't blow up, that the uh, greedy po- property companies can't mess up on you, Joe. So I I think. The population is going to help surge that number, not just the government and their central bank. I think the, the population will push that number, Joe. Yeah, when we looked at the numbers, uh, to give you an example, uh, gold consumption was down 10% in 2022 in China. They're saying, hey, they're going to take that, all that back, plus some more. Jewelry demand was down 8%. Uh, investment demand was down 17%, uh, and everyone's saying, hey, this is going to be a big turn, especially if you got to remember what's changed in the last two months. Oh, that's right. China's central bank has been uh, officially telling the world we're buying gold again. And the Chinese consumer, they like to do what the Chinese government does. That's exactly right, Joe. And like I said, uh, there is there is some some behavior in the Chinese people that's different. You know, I think the Chinese government is seeing some of this uh, so, some of this resistance against what they're doing. So uh, I, I believe this is a really strong for gold purchasing in China, Joe. It's I think this is, these these numbers are exactly right. China also, by the way, when we get back, they're now number one in another commodity. I'll tell you what that one is when we. 800-951-0592. Uh, we, we've got about 33, 20 is left. Uh, 21, 25. Uh, gold's up three now at 1933. Uh, silver's down 30 cents. The Dow is up 50 points. But Jason, China, this reopening, uh, it, it, it's big news. Uh, it's going to be very bullish for commodities. Uh, gold and silver are, are obviously a part of that. But now liquefied natural gas. China has now become the largest consumer of liquefied natural gas in the world. It's been absolutely insane. Uh, Jason, they have signed all kinds of deals all over the world, a lot in the Middle East, some even here at home, uh, over 50 million uh, tons that they've locked up of liquefied natural gas. To give you perspective, from 2015 to 2020, China was consuming about 16 million tons of liquefied natural gas. 
all of a sudden, Jason, it's jumped to 50 million tons. And one of the things that China is doing, they signed a 27-year deal with Qatar, uh, a 20-year deal. I mean, they're signing these massive contracts uh, guaranteeing, listen, we're going to buy 4 million tons, 2 million tons, 5 million tons. I mean, they're going to buy 50 million tons a year. Uh, and and there, it looks like they're still buying. And here's the thing. China used to buy uh, liquefied natural gas mostly on the spot market. In other words, hey, we don't want to sign a deal. We'll just buy, you know, whatever it is in January. We'll buy what we need when we need it. This is a major change. I think this kind of tells you what China is expecting to happen with commodity prices. Obviously, signing 20-year deals tells you that, you know what, we're no longer comfortable going out into the spot market to buy what we need because, Jason, obviously, I think they think the price is going to be a lot higher. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a a little secret, you know, natural gas. You know, you have all these environmentalists, you know, and the climate change people and wanting to make the world less, you know, burn less carbon, right? And and you got this clean burning fuel, natural gas, which there's such an abundance of. There is an abundance of natural gas. And I think China's change here, Joe, has uh, part of this has to do with uh, during coronavirus, they had some major problems uh, with conflicts with Australia. And Australia was bringing in a ton of their coal uh, for what they, you know, they burn a lot of coal in China. And when they had they had a disruption in in the supply of coal coming in from Australia because of some weird measures taken by Australia and by China, uh, it really disrupted their energy flow big time in China. So I think this move to natural gas it just shows an advancing society that wants to move a little more free of coal and uh, and, uh, and and move into natural gas. Which you know, Joe, I mean, ESG is coming in, in China. I don't think you think China wants to deal with ESG, but you know, if all the major corporations of the world, which are bigger than most governments of the world, that are going ESG, China is going to have to do business with these companies, which means China is going to have to be ESG. And natural gas is going to be a lot more favorable, I think, than coal. Uh, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, the the big deals they're signing, residing in the Middle East, Qatar, the, the biggest of them all. China announced also major spending in the Middle East to help increase output of liquefied natural gas. They're saying that already for 2025, which is, that's not very far away, they're going to be short over 7 million tons of liquefied natural gas based on these orders that China's been placing. And and it really is relevant. It's very important because China's starting to flex its muscle in the Middle East I mean, what was it, last week Saudi Arabia in Davos said, hey, we're ready to take payment for oil in something other than dollars. Uh, now all of a sudden, here comes China with liquefied natural gas. James, I think it's just leverage. This is going to be, this is a deliberate leverage by China moving away from a U.S. ally, Australia, right? That's part of it. The other side of it is, Oh, by the way, another reason for these Middle Eastern countries to start taking Renembi. I think that's exactly, yeah, that's right. That, that's exactly right. And, and 
you know, America is, you know, I, it's been a few years since I saw this number, but uh, America was sitting on uh, an estimated 100-year surplus of natural gas right here in this this country here. So, so uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly what that means, China moving towards it as far as our relationship, America with China specifically, but I know for a fact that that puts them in a more favorable, favorable position worldwide in the future because really when it comes to energy, Joe, it, uh, you can burn whatever you want to burn, right? And if, if the world yep. community that yep. you do business with wants to go another direction, you, you're just going to have to do it. Well, and again, right now, most people don't realize, you know what, we, we are the largest exporter of liquefied natural gas to China right now. Uh, and, and, and they did sign a two million, uh, agreement with, with a Texas based company. But when they talked about ramping up spending to 50 million, Right, and we only got two of it. That just shows you China's looking for liquefied natural gas from sources that aren't real. We'll just call it non-G7 sources. You know, Joe, and, and I, I, I've seen energy charts, and the, the usage of energy has never slowed. Every single year there's a, a higher demand worldwide for energy. So uh, I think this is just – more people needing more energy overall, Joe. In fact, I don't think the coal industry will be hurt by this. I think the coal industry, I think they're going to burn more coal in China, too. They're going to burn more natural gas. They're oh. going to burn more of everything in that, China, in that country. Believe me, China's still building coal plants. Let, let's not kid ourselves. So uh, the, the energy needs for China and India are off the charts. Uh, and China's getting ready, making big deals happen. Big deal here, $20 gold pieces, twenty-one twenty-five. Pick them up while we still have them. Final segment coming up. 800 Joe and Jason wrapping up the week. You know, it, it's been an interesting week. Gold's going to end the week uh, higher than it started. Uh, we, we, we touched a new, I guess, high since this rally uh, from the, that bottom at 1620. We got almost, almost to 1950 interday. Uh, yesterday before we, we, we had some profit taking settle in. Uh, we had some more profit taking to start today, Jason, and that seems to have gone away. Uh, we got buyers coming back. Yeah, there's a little bit of moving, uh, in the early mornings and, and during the day, but it just, it's just kind of steadily just kind of, you know, clicking upward a little bit every day, isn't it, Joe? It just, you know, you, it's never going to go straight up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, gold, I, I'm looking at gold that's, you know, it's in the 1930s and, Silver did bounce back below the $24 range, but it's been it's been coming up really nicely over the last bunch of months. And I I think we're just gonna you know just like if things are gonna grind down slowly, Joe, is, is my estimation in the markets before we have a big crash. Then I think gold is just gonna slowly grind upward, and that's kind of what we've been seeing since it hit its lows last year. Yeah, and it really has been uh, something where again uh, we had that big dollar rally last year, and and it wasn't. A rally really of strength. There was more of, of a rally of, hey, uh, Europe, you've got the Russian problem at your doorstep. We don't. Uh, everyone's been raising rates. Uh, this is going to be the year where you see the dollar. And of course, it's been right. The dollar's been coming off. Uh, we're expecting another step down. And as we talked about it, right, every step down is a higher gold price. So we're expecting a step down on Wednesday to a quarter of a point. Uh, the question then will be, okay, how many more quarter points are there going to be? 
And that's interesting because I'm shocked that we only got one 50 basis point hike. Are we only going to get one quarter point hike? Or maybe are we going to get two uh, quarter point hikes? Because then the next the next stair step up for gold is going to be when they take what they're going to call it a pause whenever that pause comes into effect. And then, Jason, I think we're going to see a pause and quantitative tightening as well. That's the next stair step up for gold. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, uh, if they talk about quantitative easing again or if they talk about the need to lower rates, uh, gold goes higher again. And then, of course, when they actually start, quantitative easing and, and, and lowering rates again. Uh, I think gold's higher again. So the, the factors for gold, uh, pushing gold, we're going to have new all-time record high gold prices uh, because, and not because I say so. It's just because this is, this is the environment uh, that the central bank has put us in. I think if it's a quarter point on Wednesday, Joe, uh, I, I, I see them pausing after that. If they really, if they, they, they go to a quarter point on Wednesday. You're going to get two, uh, several, several months of numbers of, of inflation going down before the next possible chance to raise it. Uh, I, I think I think there'll be just be too much information to tell them to pause. So if it's quarter point on Wednesday, Joe, I easily see them being done. They could that could be that could be the last one for, and then they're going to do the wait and see the rest of 2023. Yeah, we, we don't know. Uh, you know, we're speculating that that could be if Jason's right, and that really is what happens that they, they go this quarter of a point, and then they're going to end up pausing. We're going to have new record high gold prices uh, even sooner. I mean, that's just that's just what it's going to be. Uh, without, without a doubt, if the Fed starts talking pause, we're going to see another big leg up in gold. Uh, 21.25 on those 20s at 800 951 0592. Jason and I, we're going to be back with the half empty cup uh, with Glenn Tate to wrap up the week. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.